Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Welcome to the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you for the next hour or so and... Would turn out to be a pretty, pretty news-packed, just random weekday, just a random Tuesday, and it turned out to be pretty good. We got really only good news. I mean, it depends on how you feel about the Dylan Cousins thing, but we also got an update on the health of Bills and Sabres co-owner and president, Kim Pagula, her health and where she's at from her daughter, Jessica Pagula, who wrote a piece for the Player Tribune. It's really, really well done. If you have not read that, I could not recommend it more that you do. It really offers a, a beautiful insight, but it also is very harrowing to know Jessica went through that. So we had that really to start the day, and the Buffalo Sabres announced they have agreed to a seven-year, $49.7 million extension with Dylan Cousins, a 7.1 AAV. Man, thank goodness that happened. Those that don't know, Dylan Cousins is my favorite Sabre. He's had a career year, so I definitely wanted this to get done. We've heard rumblings the last two or three days that that could be done. So that's over with. We'll be talking, of course, about that as well today. And Derek Carr apparently is going to take a visit to the New Orleans Saints tomorrow. He's allowed to. He's allowed to kind of reach out to see where he may want to get traded. If he's cut, what that could be coming from. But I am not alone tonight. Joe Callie joins me as well. Joined me earlier today, was training with me on Show the Bulldog. He's kind of learning the ropes over here at GR. And so I got to kind of hang out and be in the studio. So that's kind of fun. Joe, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing great. Great. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it's been a good day. I appreciate you having me on. Well, I mean, I mean, you really just got to kind of hang out and like sit there. So that was that's really nice. Yeah, I know. It was a nice, relaxing day. Learned a lot. Learned a lot. Hoping to, you know, get more involved as time goes on. But... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just excited that I'm not alone. That's exciting. <laughs> Yeah, like this hour can be just like I feel like my sanity just slowly slips away when I'm just talking by myself for like an hour because I I typically can't take calls because I'm I'm both producer and host and so I'll just like I'll like run with the topic and the amount of times like I just like start spacing out and I'm like I'm definitely still here that's I'm definitely still here but so Joe Kelly joins me tonight as well you're gonna be with me Thursday and Friday as well so that'll be really fun. But we had a good day to like do this. I mean, it could have very well been with the Bill season over with, the Sabres not playing till Saturday. Could have been a very, very boring day. Instead, the Sabres decided we're going to sign Dylan Cousins when he's like off in like the Bahamas or something like that, which was, I think, my favorite thing really for this team as a whole is just how much they all spend time together. They're all, or a lot of them at least, are all vacationing together. 
And even like after the deal got signed, Tage Thompson put on his Instagram, like he just another seven years or another seven and had Dylan Cousins there looking like a huge dork, which I laughed, you know, a lot at because I'm just like, I'm like, <laughs> they're a bunch of kids. Like, I mean, and I'm saying this is like, you know, the two people here talking on the radio tonight are both in their 20s. So, you know, we're also children, but it's just like the vibes around this team are so, so positive, and they haven't been like that in so long. Joe, I don't know about you. For me, at least, we were talking a little bit about it. I'm a late bloomer to hockey. I didn't have – not I, – I just – I couldn't ice skate, so I hated the sport growing up. I just I, – because I couldn't ice skate, so I was like, I don't want anything to do with this. So I don't have a ton of memories on the late – or the early 2000s teams that went on their on their big runs to now. Like, for me, it's like I know the drought. I know, like, a, a fundamental memory for me with the Sabres is getting traded to initiate the tank. That's a big thing for me. Where for other people, uh, you know, Jody Biasi and really all the hosts here, it's it's Drury and Briere leaving. And even then, before that, the, the runs at the Cup and, and, and Nogo and all that, I'm like, I have none of that. Like, all I have is the drought. All I have is bad memories. I love going to the arena. I far prefer going to hockey games over football games. But for me, it's just it's kind of cool now that – those things are starting up where before it just, it felt like, I don't want to say that it was necessarily a dead sport to me, but like I got into other things like college basketball and college football a lot because hockey just was not a thing. They would be out of the playoffs December. And I'm being generous when I say that when realistically they would, they would get in to the season and they'd be out of the playoffs and really as well, the Jack Eichel stuff when he was traded to me, initially, that at that point, and I and I'll remember that day for a while because I had just gotten hired here, and I was I was working with Brayton Wilson in the morning, and he he asked me to come in just to help out, like because this was a big story that had been developing. So he's like, "Yeah, come on in, like you know, I need all the help I can get." So I was screening calls and stuff like that. But for me, at least, while there seemed to be a positive vibe because that that storyline is over and we could move on, for me at least, it was just we're going through another rebuild. I don't know if Tage is anybody worth keeping because at that point we really didn't know yet. Cousins was a young guy who seemed to do really well in juniors, but I was I just was not 100% sure yet. Paterka, cool, we're getting him, but I know a lot of people that were really keeping up with the trade wanted Trevor Zegers from Anaheim. So it, it, it's, it's strange to me that just in a year and a half, how quickly the vibes around that team went from just the lowest they could be to now, people can't wait for games. Like Howard Simon, you can read it up at our website, WGR550.com, up talking about how this week has kind of proven to him like just how much he's into this team now because they've been off for the All-Star break. Their next game is until Saturday. And everyone's like, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I expect, I'm going with a few of my buddies, I expect that to be a sold-out crowd. I re- Even though it's against Calgary, I really do expect that to be a sold-out crowd. The Bills aren't playing now. It's not a random weekday. It's going to be at you know in the afternoons at 12.30 on Saturday against a pretty good opponent. And now coming off the news with Dylan Cousins, I expect that to be a raucous crowd, exciting, fun. And I think they should beat a team like Calgary. They're in a playoff race. The Islanders won last night, but I just, I feel pretty good about it. Joe, like where, where have you been at with the Sabres? Because we were talking about this of just being – we're rel- I guess relatively new fans, but now the vibes just they've switched for me. What about you? Yeah, no, they're completely different from how it used to be. I mean, I I was born in 2002. I'm 20 years old. So, ever since I was a kid, I have not Bills and Sabres, both teams have been bad, bad. And it it's truly awesome to see the turnaround because I've never seen a team that 
has enjoyed playing with each other. You've never seen a guy like Tage Thompson play on the Sabres. You've never seen a guy like Dylan Cousins. And just the way that they are all together, you know what I mean? Like, they're all in that together. So it, it's 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 really cool to see that as I'm getting old enough and, like, really getting into it. The last game, if if you had to ask, like, two years ago, I started getting back into it mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. when Granado really started coming around and things started looking up. The last game I could tell you about was the game that when they were on that 10-game win streak that they oh, lost. Yeah. Yep. That's the last game I watched before the things really started turning around. And it's just, I, I never really got into the Sabres as a kid because they were just always bad. Yeah, and this is the thing, it's, it's tough. It's it's a league that, it's not a once-a-week thing. Like, I think with football, it's always easy to get into when even when they're bad because before it used to just be 17 weeks, 16 games, and then now it's 17 weeks, or it's 18 weeks, 17 games. It's easy to kind of just make that like a part of your routine, even if as as a kid you may not like it. Like just Sunday afternoon, like we're going to hang out with like you know family friends, or we're going to hang out with family, or they're coming here, and we're all just going to like watch the Bills, even if they're bad. Like that just always felt normal and right. Hockey, it's eighty two games. If they're bad, you could easily not watch another game for half the season because they're just bad. You're like just call me when like the the draft is. Like I'll get it. I'll get excited then. And that's, I would feel it's probably the same way with baseball, with basketball. I'm an Angels fan for baseball. After, like, summer, when they're out of the playoffs, I'm usually out. Like, just because there's, there, there's over 150 games there. What, what is it, like 162? Like, I'm not going to be able to watch all of them. And, right. And to be fair, like, they play out west. I'm super not going to watch all of them. But with the Sabres, 82 games, like, now I can't wait for every single game. I love, like, going home, watching, or, or waking up on a Saturday, and they got a 1230 game. Sabres after dark is going to be next week. That should be a blast. I'm excited for that and kind of the the camaraderie that I, like I find on Twitter with everybody and as well. And it, and it and it is a new feeling. Now overall, it's not a new feeling because we had the Bills break the drought in 17, and and now we've we've kind of carried that into no, we're we're, we're good kind of all the time. Like like this is what we are now. So it's not like a fresh feeling of man, I have no idea what it's like to have a contender as a team. The Sabres still aren't even in the playoffs. Like their drought can continue another year, and it very well might. But the fact of the fact of the matter is, is where they're at is so positive compared to years before. Like last night, like Sabres fans were in a giddy this morning just because of the performance Devin Levi put on at Northeastern against Boston. Like people were already in a frenzy about that. How how amazing he had played, and the fact that Northeastern, a team that is just not that good, might get willed into the NCAA tournament. Because of Devin Levi, the Sabres, I, to me personally, the, the prospect I'm most excited for now. Moving forward, he's the most exciting one. But overall, just it feels like every move Granado and Adams are making, just it has this positive vibe around it that for years just super didn't. Like everything was criticized, and rightfully so. And rightfully so. That everything was just, that's not the right move. What are we doing? We're playing like it's 20 years ago. I, you know, even you know, going back to the Eichel teams and, and – Joe, I don't know if you know this. My overall point is there's no coincidence that the Sabres got good when they started caring about drafting and, and and prospect development. Like to me, that is like the big that's the turning point. With the guys they hired, of course, but for me, that's the big turning point. Yeah. But you remember those Eichel years. I mean, like, you know, they saw they they trade for Evander Kane when he was hurt just so he'd be better for the next year. Then they go out and sign Ryan O'Reilly to to team with Eichel, and it just it felt like they were pushing all their chips in immediately. Instead of, let's develop what we've got. Let's really go for the young teams. Because you look at teams like Colorado and Tampa. It's so built through the draft. It is so built through, let's keep our own guys. And you look at this year, just this season alone, who the Sabres have signed to long-term deals. 
two of which were considered, are you signing them a bit early? And they've both absolutely proven to be worth it. Tage Thompson, of course, is the first one, a seven-year contract, 7.1 AAV as well. And Matias Samuelson, seven years, 4.2 million AAV per year. They both have blown that out of water. When Matias Samuelson went down, the Sabres went on an eight-game losing streak. He is clearly fundamental to how, this, how the team wants to play on defense. He is fundamental to that team and how they want to play on offense as well because they like to run and gun a bit, and they'll give up some odd man chances, but they really do like that. And Thompson, I, you could not have told me this was going to be the sequel to last year. Last year was fun. 38 goals, like 30 assists, and it was like, Okay, but like, is he a number one center? Like, can he be that playmaker? Can he be that line driver? Is he just kind of going to be a, a you know a great pure goal scorer? Right. Was it a fluke too? Yeah, that was also yeah, a thing. Was, was it a fluke because his shooting percentage went up and, and and all this stuff? And of course, he got moved to the top line center. So was it really more of his line mates? There was a ton of questions. Dude goes out there and it's like just blowing every stat out of the water he had last year. And last year he had proved that he was clearly not a useless player. That the Ryan O'Reilly trade could have been salvaged. And now, if it weren't for the fact that the Blues did win a cup that year, we'd be looking at the Sabres clearly won this. They got a player longer term and a better player. Because Tage Thompson right now is a clear-cut like top 10 forward in hockey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. No question about that. I mean, he's a blast to watch every night, and he'll go through some of his lulls. But like I, that Columbus game where it just he lit them on fire. He just absolutely torched them. And, and even... You know, I forget about this here too, but like there was like a period when the, when the season just started, the first like three or four games, Thompson wasn't doing anything. The whole top line wasn't. It was run by Darlene going on a scoring streak to start the year, and the kid line, yeah, and Dylan Cousins, and then also you had to throw in like Yogi Haru was like dynamite, or not Yogi Haru, sorry, Vinny Henestrosa was dynamite, right? Yeah, on the West Coast trip where like all of a sudden we dropped, I think it was Jack Quinn was dropped, and Henestrosa had like three assists. In, like, two straight games. Yeah, he looked fantastic. He looked amazing. Yeah. And Thompson and really the first line as a whole weren't really doing anything. And then all of a sudden, like, he just ignited and just went on this tear. And now we're at where we're at where there was a period in the season where it looked like he was going to compete for the Rocket Richard. I, th- I think he's still in the heart conversation. He's kind of dipped off a little bit, especially with guys like David Pasternak, like, continuing to light it up as well. But... Just the vibes with the Sabres overall, it's just, they're so, so positive. And that's not even to talk about. I, I, we mentioned Devin Levi. The other prospects, Savoy, Osland, and Kulich. Kulich had an unbelievable World Juniors with Chechia. Savoy, who started off slow in juniors, has really started to pick it up. And Osland has, as well, had a very, very good year. So it's just like they, they continue to just put guys through the ringer in juniors and develop them well to where now it feels like they really could be a serious contender in a few years. And you look at these contracts. Dylan Cousins and Tage Thompson are your 1-2 center line, and they're going to like equal Austin Matthews' contract. They have the same number of playoff series wins. Like, it's it's phenomenal. It's fantastic, especially when, like, you know, thankfully the Sabres are doing this this year because the Bills' vibes have have not been this low in a long time. I know for a lot of people, I know myself included. Joe, I don't know about you. I mean, how did how did you feel after the Cincinnati law? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers over 
overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. I mean, it. I was, I was here. I was over... In another you studio, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, yep. and uh, everyone out here, you could hear a pin drop. It, the The energy was gone. Um, it was just, they, it feels like they rolled over and just gave up. I, it felt like there was no effort going into that game. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati just, oh, they ran through them. Yeah, they ran through. There was no question about it. Like they just outplayed us in every aspect of the the game. And it, you know it's 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 tough as well because the season has so much promise. It still really does. I mean, you look at some of the early, and, and I preface this by saying early. Super Bowl odds for 2023-2024, the Bills are still up there because they have truly what it is to them is the great equalizer in Josh Allen. Now, when they lose some pieces, which they probably will this year, they will likely go down, but there were such high highs for the Bills, and, and, I, and, I, and I never want to like forget like how much this team went through. So like I'm, I'm also not totally surprised they didn't win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like I, I, on Saturday, I was with Corey Griswold a few Saturdays ago, and we were talking about it, and it was like, they probably would have made a documentary about this team if they had won the Super Bowl because of how much they had gone through. So one of which we we somewhat got an update on today, that being the health of Kim Pagula, mm-hmm. who in June just kind of mysteriously, you knew she had health scare. She was going to be taking a step back, and that was it. Now we do know she suffered a cardiac arrest, and she's been in recovery uh, since. And you have the summer shooting as well at Tops. You had Dawson Knox's brother. You then, of course, had DeMar Hamlin and his and his heart attack on the field in Cincinnati. And then you add in the constant reshuffling of where they were going to be practicing and where they were going to be playing due to weather and, and Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then even the, the few weeks before them, when they get the, move, the game moved to Detroit. The and injury when, bug? The the injury bug. Von Miller. Mike mm-hmm. Hyde goes out in week two. Like, Tredavious White's still trying to come along and, and come back. Yeah. Like, the vibes were always so shaky this year because of everything that was going on. So for the Sabres, this year to really decide, yeah, we're going to be super fun. We're going to be awesome. It, it could not come at a better time. And I, and I said it as well that for the Sabres, I think these two teams do root for each other. I think they really do. Like like Alex Tuck and Josh Allen wear each other's jerseys, and that's super fun. I think a part of the Sabres probably did love that the, that the Bills went out the way they did because they could just get every Buffalo fan into KeyBank Center. They could just, like, come on over here. We're in a playoff race. Let's get rowdy. Right. Like, like, that, like that's the feeling it had. And it just it sucks for them because then they immediately go in the all-star break. <laughs> like, I mean, that was the tough part is that the moment the, the 
the playoff race really crystallized. We know what teams the Sabres are chasing or, or are being chased by, that being you know Florida, the Islanders. You can throw in the Rangers as well, and then the two teams still in that wildcard spot being Washington and Pittsburgh. You know who you've got now. And then the All Star break happens. Yeah, it's and like it, and it's big just sigh. Like, yeah, it's just, it, like right, like big sigh because especially because like the team apparently when they play out west, they're you know demigods out there. Like they just decide we're gonna light them up. We're gonna absolutely just tear people apart uh, in their own building, and we're gonna be amazing. And when we come home, less so. Mm-hmm. But now, and I think a, a key there as well, they play so much better in front of a pack crowd. Bulldogs talked about it a lot since that game against Minnesota. That six five overtime win. How amazing that crowd was in that building, both walking in, in the building, and then walking out after that game. Just how amazing it was. And I think, especially for me and you, we've mentioned I'm 24, you're 20, and neither of us necessarily were hockey fans growing up, like when we were really young. And even for you, it wouldn't necessarily have mattered. I mean, you would have been like five when they were making like big Stanley Cup runs in 11 the last time they made the playoffs. Right. But even for me, like, you know, I was born in 98, so I would have been just a few years older. But I didn't have those memories. So for me, and I, I talked to a lot of my older friends too, it's like, dude, I can't wait to go like party in the plaza. And like, I don't need to go to a playoff game. Who cares? I just want to be outside, like outside of the arena, like getting rowdy with fans and like having a good time and being a part of that. Right. Even be at a game where the 50 50 is over $5,000. Oh, you know? amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like you get, you, you get excited for that. Or, or, or when you, you know, when you get into the building and you all of a sudden like start to see it fill up and you're like, oh, it's going to be a good crowd tonight. It's going to mm-hmm. be a really good crowd tonight. Like, it, and I think as well, like small things as well, and some people may not like this, but you know, usually the older crowd, I know I know my parents hate it and most of my older family members hate it. Uh, the black and reds, the goat heads. Love it. I love it. They brought that back. And, and for me, and I and I was talking a little bit about it with, with some of my family members too, and it was like, you know, why do you like them? And I'm like, guys, it's like the only time I know success for the Sabres that isn't like the 80s. Right. And, and I don't mean that to be mean. I, I really don't. It's just like. Those colors signify to me not the '90s and oh black cells. So let's let's change up the logo and and it and it, and it is a super '90s logo. It is like it really is. But to me, it's like that was when they were really good. Like that was when you had Dominic Hasek and going right into Ryan Miller, and you had like three or four truly spectacular seasons. One of which, of course, is no goal against Dallas. But then you have the 050607 teams that were just a blast with Briere and Drury and Pominville. And to me, my favorite saber of all time, I'm blanking now. I just I just told Finneganoff. There we Thomas go. Thomas Vanek. Oh, no, no. Uh, Maxima Finneganoff. I was going to call him Vladimir Finneganoff, and I'm like, <laughs> his name's not Vladimir. Maxima Finneganoff, just because of his pure, unrelenting speed that just he could pop a play open mm-hmm. as well. Like I made a joke today of people, you know, they're they're kind of joking. They're like, now 2030 is going to be the new like Briere and Drury like disaster because that'll be the years that Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins contracts, you know, these ones expire. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, why would you do that today? It's right. a really good day. It's a day for good news. Yeah, it's a day for good news. We're celebrating, and you had to go nice. We got the new Drury, a Drury Briere day. Like you didn't, you didn't need to do that. No one needed to do that. But of course, and, and I said at the top of the hour too. Like they could not make the playoffs. There's a very likely chance that they don't make it. They're not in a playoff spot at the moment. They still have games in hand on teams like Washington. But Pittsburgh is playing well. The Rangers are still in the playoff spot, and Florida it seems to be really figuring themselves out. They beat, I think, Tampa last night seven to one. Kachuk put up five points. Like they could easily not make it. Yeah. But I think for me, it's more like, but now next year, nothing's going to be a surprise. Right. It'll instead be if they don't make it, a young team, still very young team, who is deciding, no, we're going to make it this year. 
and continuing of like teams getting older. Boston is putting up a historic year, but they're old. And we don't even know if they're going to be able to sign David Pasternak back. They probably will. But after that, like if Patrice Bergeron retires, like what happens now? Let me ask you one question. Mm-hmm. Did you even like looking at the Sabres now? Yeah. I didn't think they would I thought jokingly I've said, "Oh, they're making a run for the cup." I didn't think it was actually going to happen, and honestly, they've exceeded expectations mm-hmm. to the point where if they don't make it, I'm like, okay, this is right where I saw them in the beginning of the season. Like, where are you with that? Did- I think I'm, I think I'm kind of in the same spot. I wanted them to be uh, better, like just, like just flat out, you know, subjectively better, competitive, competitive, and I, you know, it was a joke. Meaningful hockey games after the All Star break into March, I would have fully taken a playoff race. And I think that was my thing too. Is like, okay. I'll take, like, a late run here. I'll take a playoff race. But, like, fully expecting them to not do anything to end the season, not do anything in the playoffs. But now I am at that point. I think we're now, like, I'm going to be disappointed. Not at them, but just, like, overall, like, man, I thought they were going to make it. Like, that will happen. And I didn't expect to have those feelings at all this year. They've, they, they haven't been in a playoff spot since, like, the first two weeks of the season, which, like, doesn't count. Like, yeah, no, at that point, it means absolutely nothing. But with them, like, how high scoring they've been. And, and, and a player I didn't even mention, somewhat the emergence of Ukapekalukunen, a player I kind of thought we were giving up on, and we were just going to wait for the, like, arrival of Devin Levi. I kind of assumed that was going to be the guy to come in and yeah. help us, save us. Or Him they, and Levi would be amazing now, though, thinking about it. Yeah, now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, ooh, you might want to, like, sign UPL to, like, a four- or five-year deal and get Levi in here as well. And, like, there you got You got your one-two. Yeah, those UPL. two steel hips, man. Those, yeah. That replacement helped them. Dude, oh, man. I just, oh, I cannot believe, like, how much he has had to go through. And he's 24 years old. He's my age. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. I've, don't get me wrong, I have a terrible back, and like you know, my joints crack all the time. Not like, double hip replacement. Yeah. Oh my uh, gosh. Not a chance. How about I'll just not walk? Like, there's not a chance I'm doing that. And he's like, at 22 years old, 23 years old, having that. Yeah, and kind of sneaking into his prime at the same time. He is. I mean, he really is. Does he have moments of just? Yes. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I went to the Anaheim game, and and that second or third, I think it was the third goal where just the defenseman is, like, skating across the ice, just kind of flicks it in, and it goes in. And I'm sitting there with my buddy Derek, and we're both just like, what What was that? He has those moments. Absolutely. He's still young. He's still getting better. But he has absolutely won them games as well. That Vegas game in Las Vegas, he won them that game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. By being an absolute stud. And he's still young. He's still growing. And as well, this defense does need another piece. I've been a big proponent, though, of adding a guy like Timo Meyer to put on that second line to really get the most out of Dylan Cousins. I still sit there, especially after this deal, because to be fair, like I, I now 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 that he's signed, I'm not worried that he's going to put up like 85, 86 points and all of a sudden go, well, I want more. <laughs> no, already got the deal done, and I even think now he probably could have gotten more. He could have waited a few more weeks and finished out the se- or a few few more months and finished out the season. He he centered a line with two rookies, and he's almost a point per game player. I think he's gone significantly down since the you know Paterka and Quinn have not done nearly as well, and he's got a lot of his points off the power play. But he's done so so well, and he's just 21 years old. He's not even 22 years old yet, and he's going to have another chance at a big deal before he turns 30. Before he's like into 29 years old, like I just great for Dylan Cousins, great for the Sabers. The vibes are phenomenal. We're going to take a quick timeout. We come back, Derek Carr. Potentially is going to go on a visit tomorrow with an NFL team as 
that market looks to ramp up in eight days. He's either going to be cut or traded from the Las Vegas Raiders. And one team who kind of broke out in the last four or five days, I kind of like the idea of him going to this team. I really do. He's visiting them tomorrow, at least according to Ian Rapport and Adam Schefter. We'll talk about that more when we come back on the Nightcap. You're listening to WGR. Zach Jones and Joe Kelly along with you for the next half hour. I'm sorry. I'm like coming in late too. I had to, I had to finish up this cocktail video. I, I Now I want to try it. I don't know. I, Joe, did you get into any hobbies during quarantine? Honestly, I don't know. I was I was graduating high school at the time. I was still a senior oh, in high man. school. You were, oh, wow. Yeah, what so was that like then? That was the first go-around at online courses, and it was not good. Yeah, it no, was, oh, no. It was a crash and burn. I was, I was finishing up college during that. I didn't hate online classes, but with college, there was already online yeah, classes. Yeah, they've already like, been doing that. before that. that. Uh, I got really big into like cocktail videos and cocktail making just as something to do. I was so bored because I wasn't working at the time either. I was trying to get a job, but obviously no one was hiring. And then I was like just out of college, so I'm like, oh, cool. I don't even have classwork. This is awful. And you can only play like 2K so many times before you're just going to bash your head against the wall because right. you're so bored. Yeah. I even got back into reading. That lasted all of two months before I was like, all right, I've read these books before and I'm not going to buy new ones because I'm lazy and I don't want to do that. Before we hit the break, or before we went to the break, excuse me, mentioned that Derek Carr is going on a visit with a team that could potentially be trading for him. One I find super interesting, and that is the New Orleans Saints. Joe, when you think of the Saints, what what like like what immediately comes to mind with you? Bounty Gate. That's a oh, that's a really fair one. That's a I wasn't even thinking that. That's no, a fair but one. but I mean just Drew Brees. Yeah, and, Drew Brees consistency at quarterback. Yeah, which if we ask anyone over the age of thirty five, they'd be like, "What are you talking about? Whatever you're having, I want it because you are absolutely out of your mind." Right. Because yeah. like for years they were the Aints, and like you know, the best they got was Ar- Archie Manning, and their team was terrible. And now, like, for both of us, yeah, it's, it's Drew Brees, it's consistency at quarterback. I'm super into the idea of them trading for Derek Carr. As am I. I think especially because they got draft capital from trading Sean Payton to the Broncos, mm-hmm. which I don't know how you feel for me at least. I spent, like, a whole show talking about it. I am very adamantly against ever trading for a coach. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about trading for any mm-hmm. coach at any point yeah. in the awful Bills history. Um, ever, ever. Yeah, even Rex and Rob Ryan, like, it Doug Marone, oh, like come was, on, that, like that was a, that was an error. Yeah, I I I've never, and I don't think if I were in that position, I would ever trade for a head coach. I yeah. think you hire someone, um, or wait them out. I I know yeah, I exactly. know it's a long time, but I mean, you, you wait them out. I like the hiring just because like there's so many. Uh, to me personally, I think there's more really good coaches than really bad ones, and I, it really all comes down to who's your quarterback. Right. Like, to me, like, that is I, – I call Josh Allen the ultimate equalizer for the Bills anyways in their Super Bowl odds. It's also how long your head coach is going to be around is based on who your quarterback is. Right. There's very few coaches in the NFL that I truly think break that mold. Marty Schottenheimer's one that I, I like to go to. Don Shula, I guess, could also probably be in there. And Bill Parcells. Coincidentally enough, two of those guys have technically actually been traded. The reason I say technically is I looked this up for that show. Don Shula was not actually traded from the Baltimore Colts to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they effectively got Miami did got caught tampering. Oh, and had to, they have a like, history of that, huh? A, yeah, right. I dude, that was my immediate thought. Was I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, 
New owners, same Dolphins. Love that. Same old Dolphins. But they essentially got caught talking to him too early, so they're like, you have to send these picks to the Colts, which like was kind of aggressive, but at the time, I'm like, yeah, the draft wasn't like a huge thing yet, though, so it probably was like more or less a slap on the wrist. But Bill Parcells was also traded, and that was more he wanted out, which is kind of the same thing with where Sean Payton is. It's like he wasn't going to come back to coach of the Saints, so you'd have to trade for him. To me, though, for the Broncos at least, this was like them like – desperately just like trying to stay above water like they just this is not the guy they wanted and they decided at the end screw it it's gonna be the guy we're gonna want and it's just it to me the broncos are a weird team like that's where i'm at with them they're a very strange and weird team one that is talented absolutely but one that i think as well is just not there's something missing there's something not there i don't think it's the coaching it's just there's I, I, there's nothing I can wrap my arms around with the, with the Broncos. Nothing at all. Like Russell Wilson came out this year and kind of just you realize how, how weird of a guy he is. He's got a lot of weird intricacies that just it, kind of strange. And, it, and then Nathaniel Hackett, you kind of knew why they hired him. It was not to get Russell Wilson. It was to get Aaron Rodgers, and that didn't work out. I think as well, even some of the receivers they drafted, like Jerry Judy, has been a very much a disappointment for when he came out at Alabama, when he was supposed to be you know, the best route runner in college football, comes in as like a top five route runner in the NFL. Like his draft profile was awesome, and he just has not reached that level. So you can probably blame quarterback play for a lot of that, but he really isn't you know, broken out like I think a lot of people thought he would. And they trade for Sean Payton, and I'm just sitting here going, this feels overly desperate. Yeah, it, it, you're absolutely right in the trying to stay above water. I think that's mm-hmm. the best way to put it. Um, you found out that Russell Wilson, in my opinion, Pete Carroll, was a big reason why the Seahawks were so good at that time and the team around him. Mm-hmm. You had Marshawn Lynch at running back. You had a stacked defense. You had Richard Sherman on that defense. I you know as well, I mean? like he just he had an unnatural chemistry with yeah. two of his receivers that he just, he could throw up a deep bomb, and they just— Tyler Lockett may be the best tracker of a deep ball in right. NFL history. And as well, they they, they really didn't have like a, a tight playbook. It was more Russell go, you'll run around, extend plays, and that's how we'll get our chunk yardage. Or at least that's kind of what it feels like now, where yeah. he goes to Denver and it's a little more structured. The rumors that were coming out about that too, like he's still using cadences from Seattle, so like Denver players didn't know what was going on. I don't know how true that is. No, he wasn't more, wearing more. the wristband either, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And you're just like what is going on here? Like, what is this? And for a team that came in with such high expectations. People picked them to beat the Chiefs and be the top of that division. That was crazy that that didn't happen. Justin Herbert in the division as well, it was like, no, 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 the Broncos are going to do it. And now, you know, looking back all those months later, it's like. Chiefs still did it. Yeah, Chiefs did it, and it was a bad decision. Mm -hmm. But I look at the rate, or I look at the, the Saints now, and I'm like, are they a great team? No. But they got Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, pretty good defense, and a division that is very much going into rebuild mode. Tom Brady, we know, is retired. Carolina is in hardcore rebuild mode. They just got Frank Reich as their head coach. And Atlanta, I have literally no idea what they're doing. I wish I could say it's a rebuild. I have no idea if, no. It, if it is or not. That's gears falling off of the whatever. That team, I, I don't know. That team, fan base, everyone involved has not recovered from 28-3. to I don't know when they will. But it just it fe- yeah it feels like a hamster wheel with nowhere to go. <laughs> like they're just they're just rotating and they're like we're gonna be fine we're gonna be fine. Like I can't wait for them to draft Bijan Robinson. I'm a Texas fan. Bijan Robinson, the running back out of Texas, Saquon Barkley light like just a tad slower. Yeah, they're gonna draft him like 11th overall just because like great athlete love him like have no yeah then they're care gonna tank the his career. 
and it's going to break my heart. But I, <laughs> I know it's going to happen. So, like, if you're the Saints, you're sitting there going, let's get weird. Let's go after it. Like, we've got our coach that we think we like in Dennis Allen. Let's bring in a veteran. A lot of people, I think even a little bit myself included, would probably say he hasn't really gotten a fair shake in Vegas. They've been pr- predominantly bad teams. He had, you know, a few years there where they were great. But, you know, last year with Rick Passaccia coming in after the whole Gruden debacle, leads them to the playoffs. Do they win? No. But the fact of the matter is that Raiders team had no business getting there. With you add in the John Gruden stuff, you add in the Henry Rugg stuff, you add in all those draft picks being a disaster from the Mike Mayock, John Gruden era, and he gets into the playoffs and you're just sitting there going, is this, okay, maybe Derek Carr's got a point here. Like maybe maybe he is something special. And then this year is just a disaster. Yeah. I think I think coaching has a testament to that. Mm-hmm. You have Josh McDaniels, who in a lot of minds is better as an offensive coordinator. He's tried the coaching out before and failed. Right? Well, he, dra- he drafted Tim Tebow in the first round. Like at that exactly. point, should have been that's got to be like the <laughs> red mark on your resume of like, yeah. hey, you know, we woo, we woo, we woo. Do like, not take, yeah, do yeah. not take, mm-hmm. or like have real serious reservations. And, and the Raiders were like, that's hot. We like that. Right. That should that that should be like a positive. And I just. Yeah, I think that's my. I think you're right. Like the Josh McDaniels thing, I didn't like it when it first happened. Because, Should have hired Rich Bisaccia. Why didn't you do that? He got you to the playoffs the year before as an interim coach. I, I, I kind of am having that same issue with Steve Wilkes with the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, yeah. And now that Frank Reich's the head coach, and I think Reich is the right hire, but I still sitting there was going like, but Wilkes got a lot out of that team right and towards I, the end I, with and very would, little. Yeah, I would like to see what he can do not having to keep playing Darnold or Baker Mayfield or, who, or whoever decided to be quarterback that week. He lost Chris McCaffrey, and still that team decided to perform. I'm like, I'd like to see what he can do. Now, ultimately, he goes to the San Francisco 49ers to be their defense coordinator. He'll be fine. He's going to get a head coaching hire probably next year because that's what happens for these defense coordinators. D'Amico Ryans this year, Robert Sala two years ago. So I, I'm not worried for him. I think he'll be fine. Maybe we'll see Leslie Frazier get hired at some point. But we, we could. I mean, I think Frazier at this point. Two playoff botches in the last little bit. You know, you know though, I, I, with, with Frazier, and I've kind of come to this realization as well. When you look at the Chiefs, Eric Bieniemy is still there. Mm-hmm. And a part of it's kind of like, how is he still there? I think Leslie Frazier is just going to be like this team's DC Eric Bieniemy, where he's just always there. Like, the, he's your guy. He's just always going to be on the team, and you just got to deal with it. For right or wrong, I mean, I you know, Patrick Mahomes talks about Eric Bieniemy every year, basically being like he needs a head coaching job, he needs a head coaching job, and I personally, yeah, like, can he get away from Andy Reid? Like, I would, I would like that just for Bieniemy's sake to like maybe quell the rumors that well, you know, Andy Reid just calling the plays. I'd like that for him more than anything, right? But I, I think you you're, you're definitely onto something with Derek Carr, like how well he played when Bisaccia was the head coach to like this year where it was just like, what happened? Like you got Devonte Adams, their defense couldn't stop a cold. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like, even for Derek or for Derek Carr never got off the tarmac for him. Just, it never got in the air. They weren't really expected to be a playoff team this year, but it kind of felt like, Hey, but maybe they could make a surprise run here. It never happened. I would like to see him in New Orleans though. You add a pretty good offensive line, if not really good offensive line, Alvin Kamara in the backfield, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, and a pretty darn good defense in a very weak division and in a conference overall that is kind of screaming for a quarterback to really take the reins and be, you know, the, the really good grizzled veteran. We have no idea if Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the NFC anymore, so that's kind of what I'm bringing that point to. Right. 
But I think he could really he could really do well with New Orleans compared to what he's doing now with or what he's doing with the Raiders. I, and as well, I kind of would like to see a fire under him a little bit. He's you know there's rumors that Carr does really really poor with being confronted and not being praised a lot. And I'd like to see him now. Like he had some self deprecating humor at the Pro Bowl. After, after winning, <laughs> after winning the precision passing, he was straight up asked, "Like, have you ever played that well in Las Vegas?" And he's like, "No, it's probably why I'm onto a different team." And mm-hmm. like, he said with a smile on his face, he laughed. It probably hurt a bit, but he had a lot of little I snarky remarks like that. I he feel did. Like. I, was, I was like, "There we go." Like, I, I found myself like liking Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Well, like before, I'm like, I don't want to say he's good at two shoes. Like, that's a negative thing. But like, I do like my quarterbacks to have a little grit to them. Yeah. Like, I like the when fact he's that, mad on the sideline, though. It's scary when oh, he's got his head down. Oh, and he's his on eyes. fire. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's something where I'm like, oh, there's demons in that boy. Yeah. He, he's that scary. But like, I like I like the little bit of grit. I like the little like weird or, or you know whatever it is. Like, I like the fact that Josh Allen's like a noted trash talker. Love that. Yeah, like when he gets in fights with Christian Wilkins, yeah. you know? Love that stuff. Sometimes you're like, all right, pull it back, pull it back. Yeah, like, reel it in. Don't do that. But for the most part, I'm like, I want that. I want that kind of guy leading my football team. Because ultimately, whether they like it or not, the quarterback is the face and really the leader of the team. They should be. If you're going to be in charge of this million-dollar operation, or really billion-dollar operation, uh Tom Brady was a trash talker. Yeah. Look at him. You know what I mean? Like, like how many times do we have to see the fist bump when he gets like all hyped up and let's stuff go. like that? But even like you know, to the weird aspect, I kind of like that Aaron Rodgers is definitely a kook. Weird, yeah. Love that he's like just a strange individual. That like, <laughs> do I want to like sit down and have a beer with him? Kinda. I feel like there's stuff he's gonna tell me that I'll never hear ever again. I've liked the Pat McAfee show with him on it. I'm I have be too. Honest with you. I, I've liked that he's done that. Now don't get me wrong, Rodgers has gotten to a point now in his career. It's like, all right, you're, you're almost forty. Like it, it's it's the same with the Tom Brady thing, where it's like it's year to year. I can't really build my team around you, but like the Jets look like they're going to go in for him. I like that move for them as well. Same with Derek Carr going to the Saints. It's kind of the same thing. I think it gets the most out of a team that is more talented than their quarterback position was allowing them to be. The Jets, very specifically, with yeah. Mike White and Zach Wilson and, and Joe, Joe Flacco. Flacco. <laughs> Joe Flacco wearing 19, by the way, was oh, just criminal. Yeah. Oh, just, I couldn't. I, I'm a big numbers guy. If you don't know, like I can't do math, but in terms of like numbers on jerseys, I'm a big number snob, and like 19 on a quarterback is just not okay. In in anyone, it should not be okay in anyone's books. And no one give me Johnny Unitas. It was ugly on him too, and the way he threw the football <laughs> made it worse. But I, I want that little bit of edge to him, and that's kind of what I'm hoping that this does to Derek Carr, that it gives him that little bit of edge. But even going to New Orleans, a team that I think he could absolutely dominate that division because they're all either somewhat rebuilding or actively rebuilding, gets in the playoffs. In it, To me, is still a weak NFC. You have the It's very top-heavy in the Eagles and the 49ers. They are spectacular, well-built teams. But after that, like you kind of have questions, right? Like Dallas is really good, but Dak and I love Dak as as a person, as a quarterback, he leaves a ton to be desired. A right. ton to be desired. People are comparing Josh Allen to him now, mind you, which is awful. Yeah, I, what are we doing here, guys? But like that's awful. And then you, you go around to the at the NFC West as well, just continuing that in division. Like Seattle, Geno Smith's fun. That team is still young. They're kind of trying to figure themselves out as well. Arizona, I have literally no idea what's going on there with the whole Kyler Murray situation. I don't think people like search. Kyler Murray. I don't think coaches like him. I'm going to be honest with you. I can understand that. Too I much can, Call of Duty. Too much Call of Duty, which like not even that good of a game anyways. Like Warzone's <laughs> fun for like a few days, and then I'm out. I, I can't do it anymore. The lobby's in that. You think Twitter's a, a, a toxic place to be around? Like you just go to a Call of Duty like lobby, 
not coming back alive. No, you come back a different person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't put hair on your chest either. You're not a better person. By no. Any, no, you're worse Far worse. Off. You were absolutely worse off. But I, I, I'm liking what this quarterback carousel could look like this year. Because for for the last five years, you'd probably said, like, oh, well, Indianapolis Colts, they're going to trade for Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers. I think they're going to be drafting somebody. And instead, it is going to be teams like the Jets, like the Saints, maybe the 49ers as well. They want to move off of Trey Lance. They can get a little wild in this. It should be a fun offseason, even for teams outside of the Bills. I've been known to say I think it's going to be a very interesting offseason for the Bills, but it should be a fun one overall because of the potential quarterback movement. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show here on a Tuesday. This is- Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is the Nightcap, and you're listening to WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you, along with Joe Callie, for just one more segment. I'm just glad the music's not John Mayer. I always play John Mayer when, I, when I'm doing the nightcap by myself, and, and me and Joe have been having fun of like just find bumps and not even like play what they are and see what happens. I've been having a good time with it. You know who else is going to be having a good time? Aaron Rodgers. You know this it. Darkness retreat. <laughs> I I want to do this so bad. Just like go off in the mountains, like be like secluded away, and have people bring me food, and I'm going to go find myself. I feel like I've already like mostly found myself. Like I know who I am as a person. I know what I'm about. I know where my morals stand. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe this will this will change this is my the key. opinion. This will this will change your whole outlook on life. I mean, I, I mean it better. Yeah. If four, you're if four you're days putting... away in the mountains in a dark secluded area, and apparently Aaron Rodgers is going to do this and come away and decide what he's going to do with his career. Yeah, he's going to know where he's going to go. He said after a four day darkness retreat. Do we know it's in the mountains or is that just? I'm like... just very much assuming. What if it's in like this mansion with just all the blinds shut and we're just like. See, you know what I'm hoping now? It's in a random city in the middle of, like, downtown. He just has an apartment, and he just is going to, like, shut the shades. Yeah. And, like, no one's going to know he's there. He's just, he just hides out in, like, a random apartment. Josh Allen hooked him up in downtown Buffalo. Yeah, I, you know, downtown <laughs> Buffalo, something like that, you know. If he figures himself out, I, I, you know, just don't go to the Jets. Right, yeah. If you do that, you're not welcome back. <laughs> but the one big thing was, like, he's going to have his food delivered. Yeah. And we were talking a little bit outside of the, outside of the show of, like, what food would you, like, want delivered? I think like one of those days, like I'd want like like a really like good fast food meal. But if I'm ha- if I'm wealthy enough to do this, like Aaron Rodgers is doing it, we're doing like lobster tail and like clams, and I'm just gonna like this is where I'm worried I won't find myself. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna gorge on really good food. You'll come out twenty pounds heavier, yeah, and then yeah, and then it's game over. You didn't you didn't achieve anything other than weight gain. Well, I, I was gonna say I you know I put on my winter weight. A few months yeah. late, but I put on my winter weight. Four-day hibernation, you put on your winter weight. Bears do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's in four days. I, I assume. I don't know. Hibernation never made sense to me as a kid. Now, how do you sleep for that long? I, yeah, I, I would hear a bear just goes <laughs> to sleep, and I'm like, that feels factually incorrect. I, I don't No, They eat so much. No, that, no, no. I've done that before. I wake up hungry. Right, yeah. So 
but it, like, what, what what would you do? Would be like steak dinners, or what are we thinking? So it would be tough. I feel like, like you said, one day would definitely have to be like fast food. Yeah, I'm a big pizza guy. Gotta Ooh, have pizza go. in there. there I feel go. like. Are we thinking like pepperoni and cheese, or are we gonna get a little wild with it? I'm a classic guy. I honestly like just cheese, but I gotta That's dip fair. it in blue cheese. That's my oh, thing. Oh yeah. And so you're like, I won't get pepperoni on it, but like it's cheese pe- pizza with blue cheese. Right. Understandable. Yeah, I know. It's a it's buffalo thing. All right. Like I the totally blue cheese stuff, but. Um, I don't know what else. I mean, I feel like if I had a private chef like he probably mm-hmm. does, um, I would get probably lot, like shellfish, like some expensive stuff. Yeah. If I had access to it. I'm not eating it. healthy. I think that's I think that's the key fundamental no. here is like we're gonna find out he only drank tea for four days though. And you I'm gonna get mad. I'm yeah. I'm gonna take it very personally that it's like, but if I was in your shoes, I would have actually taken advantage of this. If he only has tea for four days, I feel like he absolutely missed the ball on this. <laughs> Even if he found himself, he absolutely missed the plot. Yeah. No. There's no no reconciling for that. I'm I mean, so mad. You get everyone talking about it, then you just do that. You know? Selfish, really. It's selfish. It's incredibly selfish. Yeah. That's going to do it here on the Nightcap, here on WGR. Coming up tomorrow, I'll be back on the air as well, along with, of course, Howard and Jeremy, showing the Bulldog, the Extra Point Show, all of the works as we get ready for... The draft coming up in April, and of course, the Buffalo Sabres, they don't have a game again until Saturday. Practices are on Thursday as they get ready, but we, of course, do have the NHL moving along as well. And if you've missed it, UB Bulls men's team is taking on Eastern Michigan there at half right now, so if you do want to listen to that, that's going to be over on the Bet 1520. Again, that's going to do it here on the Nightcap, and you're listening to WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.